politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, our property, and for the issues that actually matter. If that is your desire, well, this is your one-stop shop for all of those goals. Your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today, still in southern sunny Florida uh, for Monday, the 29th of August. I will be back to regular schedule Wednesday. I'll be off tomorrow. Have to make that crazy two-day trip back with four kids all the way up to Maryland again. Um, but really glad to get some R&R here. But as always, there's no rest for the worry <laughs> because... It's like you look at everything going on. We're approaching the end of the dog days of summer, new school year, uh, new congressional, well, not session, but they're they're back from their recess. You're going to have the midterm elections coming up. And the question is, for all the noise, for all the talk, right, about everything, oh, the election this, the election that, what is going to change? Really, is anything going to change? I am not seeing any evidence that anything is going to change. And that's the question. What is going to change? What is the plan to save the country? What is the plan to address any of our grievances? And we're going to discuss through the prism of the news of the day what some of those are. How even when Republicans appear to indulge the issue, they really cause the problem. So they're not on target. They're not addressing the solution. You know, we've talked about electoral strategies, running independence in the general election, obviously changing primaries to state conventions. We've talked about all the policy goals that we want to push for medical freedom, to end the biomedical uh, fascism state the bioterror state, the surveillance state, all the ideas we have in state legislatures. Where is the movement in conservatism to pursue this or anything? It's just bizarre. Is there anyone home? No, there's nobody home. Now, first off, there is one thing you can do in your own lifestyle to make lifestyle changes. Stop supporting those who hate you and also start supporting vendors that actually will help solve the crisis. One of the crises we face is the food crisis. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by, you guessed it, the Chinese. Okay? And they're all full of these big cartels, just like big, big medicine, big food is full of basically inflammation, brain inflammation. Uh, they give the animals all sorts of antibiotics and additives that cause big problems. That's why I recommend Moink Box. Moink delivers the best grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Uh, they are a fifth-generation American farming company, small business in Missouri. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com conservative. Right now, listeners of this show get free filet mignon, the best tasting, by the way, for 
an entire year if you sign up for that monthly box. And it's not standard. You you could choose which types of meats you want delivered. And again, they are not only the best tasting, but really the healthiest. Uh, those of you who have followed all of our doctor shows understand now the problem of inflammation and in what we eat, just like we have in the vaccines. So again, go to moinkbox.com slash conservative for that free year of filet mignon by signing up for a monthly uh, moink box. Get Oinked with Moink, the way I have, M-O-I-N-K, box.com, slash conservative. So, you know, let, let's just start off with the vaccine, and maybe I'll come back to it later. I, I want to focus more on other issues today, but if you haven't heard Friday's show, it was unbelievable with Dr. Ryan Cole. It is extremely scary, the mechanisms of action of this shot in causing cancer, among many other things. The death toll from this shot already and what is, God forbid, likely to come about in the next number of years is shocking. Where is the answer? Even the UK, they announced they're starting to pay out $140,000 to those who are vaccine injured. There is no even push from even the right end of the Republican Party to push for um, you know, scrutiny of the FDA, suspension of these shots and all the ones coming down the pipeline, even suspension of the mandates coming up in the NDAA and the budget bill just around the corner in a couple of weeks in September. Nothing. It's just bizarre the things they talk about. Um, let me just give you one example. I could, I could you know, do shows every day on this, but just to quantify the injury in Israel. All-cause death, you know, the number of people who die every year. Now, it's not, it's relatively low because it's a small and relatively young country. So they seem to average right around 27, 26,000 deaths a year, okay? A year. Now, I want you to remember that Israel was referred to by Pfizer executives itself as kind of a laboratory for the vaccine. Well, let's see how that lab worked. Previous years, they had, you know, like 26,200 deaths, 26,900 deaths, 27,000. In 2020, it was 27,647, maybe a slight increase. That was the year of the pandemic, pandemic of a lifetime, before the vaccine. Vaccine was introduced, especially in Israel. They started getting it even December, but certainly January of 2021. It jumps to 29,580. Now, that's a big jump percentage-wise when you're dealing with such low numbers of, of deaths in total. Okay? Then you go to the first seven months of this year, through July 2022, and we are already at 31,631, meaning if you would prorate that for the remainder of the year, it would basically mean double the number of deaths. What in the world is that? This is everywhere. You can't hide it. Where is the response from Republicans? So you don't hear anything. But what's interesting is the one issue Republicans are yelping about is the student loan stuff, the forgiveness of the student loans, uh, Biden's announcement that he wants to forgive $10,000 worth of loans for any family earning less than $250,000, and it's really 20000 20, in loan forgiveness for Pell Grants, and... This is from Fox News. Leader McConnell tears into Biden's student loan handout that American taxpayers will have to pay for. I'm sure the people who will benefit from it will love it. The question is, is it fair to everyone else? Now, 
a bunch of things are true at the same time. Obviously, this is a horrible um, idea. It's a horrible plan. It, certainly, it is communism. Certainly, it's, you know, you know, having some people fund other people. All these arguments are true. But it also is bizarre that this is the only issue that seems to get the juices flowing among Republicans. But moreover, like every other issue, Republicans themselves have caused the problem. Because what is the problem? A lot of people, you know, the, the main discussion I've been watching from afar while on vacation is in the micro sense, the individual, you know, individual responsibility. Is it right for one person to get subsidized to, you know, get certain degrees and people that don't go to college are forced to be on hook for people that make decisions to take out big loans? But the, the bigger issue is this. It's the macro. It's that by forgiving the the loans what you're doing is basically signaling to big education to keep raising the tuition okay right now we were at a point where we were finally reaching a point where people couldn't afford it anymore and the entire scam would collapse which is really what needs to happen that's what needs to happen that the education system is broken, aside from even the wokeness, just the entire structure of it is outdated. It wastes too much time and money on too many things that aren't necessarily geared towards being successful in, in certain jobs and the things that you do need, you don't necessarily get from college. And that whole kind of post-high school, I mean, even K-12 through certainly needs to be overhauled, but, but, but higher education needs to be overhauled. And the, the best thing is when people can't afford it because then the racket's over. But just like with healthcare, I say this all the time, if you didn't have Medicare and Medicaid and the whole you know insurance tax exclusion to fund people making insurance the king of, of uh, medical care, if the money ain't there, people can't pay it. And the racket goes away. But they keep funding it. So just like they keep funding the medical cartel, they keep funding the, health, the, the education cartel. That is the main problem. For example, for example, there has been an 87% increase in tuition since 1990 in private colleges and a 118% increase in public. That, that, that's adjusted for inflation. Unbelievable. Okay, over 30 years. If you track it, it almost works perfectly commensurate with the degree of subsidies that Congress has given to big education. According to there, – there's a study published by the New York Fed. For every dollar in aid the government has given, the cartel raises tuition 60 cents. The reason why this is important because that is the cause of the problem. And on that account, Mitch McConnell and every Republican I've watched this my entire career, they've all funded the Pell Grants and all these things. It's been untouchable. Republicans have supported this just as much as the Democrats. And then now they complain about it. That is the real issue of the student loan. So they're going to be like, it's not fair to forgive it. Yeah, but the reason it's not fair, the main problem is that it's going to induce this vicious cycle of inflating the education bubble and propping up the subpar, outdated, and woke education cartel. Republicans have done this. They caused the problem. They're not reinventing the wheel on accreditation and how we look at education, 
how we indulge the subsidies and accreditation at a state and federal level. We need to remake this. We need new ideas. So what Republicans will do is they'll cause the problem, and then Democrats will want to subsidize or loan forgive to to the nth degree. And Republicans are like, no, 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 I only want to go to this degree. But you caused it. That's the bigger issue here. So that's my view on this whole student loan business. But again, Republicans have no answer even to the fiscal issues because, again, they caused it. And you see the White House is calling out Republicans for their hypocrisy on the PPP and everything. Well, you know, you you had loan forgiveness too. And they're not wrong in that respect. Republicans have a glass jaw with everything. With everything. Now, folks, with all this crazy inflation going on, one thing you can do and believe me, this inflation is, is going to be out of control because Republicans are going to pass the same budget bills coming up as Democrats are. How about putting your nest egg into something that actually has value? Gold and silver never disappoint in times like the ones we live in. I recommend Birch Gold because it's really been the you know one of the oldest companies. So many thousands of uh, satisfactory, satisfied customers from uh, the Better Business Bureau. They have the best ratings imaginable. The way you do it is by ordering a free info kit on how to convert your IRA or, or uh, 401k into a tax-sheltered account, not in the stock market casino, but do what I did last tax season. For the first time, I put my IRA uh, contribution because you know, I don't want to pay more taxes at the end of the year, so I always put it into an IRA if I, you know, like owe five hundred thousand dollars. Um, put it into gold and silver. Text Daniel to nine eight nine eight nine eight. Um, again, this is Birch Gold. It's no obligation, free info kit. How to make that transfer is actually very easy. Text nine eight nine eight nine eight. Birch Gold is there for you. Stop putting your money into the stock market casino, which, as we see, it's all built on a bubble. Um, just look at Pfizer and Moderna. Um, it's built on lies, and that's the thing. Gold and silver is actually tangible. And and again, like you know, it just reminds me. This is actually something we need to do. We need a big vision of ending the Fed. Republicans won't even promise to audit the Fed. And, and to return to some sort of tangible gold standard. Big picture items. Big picture systemic reforms. Where, where are you hearing it from any Republican? Instead, it's the same thing. You know, Mitch McConnell, by the way, um, where is this? Senate G- This is from Politico. Senate GOP Super PAC cancels ad buys in Arizona and Alaska because they feel that, you know, conservatives are going to win the primaries there. Blake, Blake Masters in Arizona... And Kelly, um, I can never pronounce her last name, uh, in, in, in Alaska, although that's still ongoing with that stupid second round funny looking election they have, they're canceling ad buys because they would rather lead in hell than follow to heaven. Okay, they hate us. They hate the base more than they hate the Democrats. So Mitch McConnell would rather be minority leader than get a GOP majority, but, you know, be challenged by conservatives. So that's Mitch McConnell for you. That's, that's Mitch McConnell. Nothing changes there. And it's truly sad. It's truly sad that conservatives keep being loyal to a brand that's not loyal to them. Notice how it's always a one-way street. 
Our side always rallies behind their candidates, but when we rarely, by the way, win a primary, suddenly, oh, no, 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 that's it. You know, a lot of people forget, Steve Dace uh, pointed this out, that, you know, everyone's focusing on the fact that Charlie Crist won the Democrat primary to challenge Ron DeSantis in Florida. Obviously, he's not going to go anywhere. But do you remember that Mitch McConnell actually supported Charlie Crist as the Republican for U.S. Senate back in 2010 against Marco Rubio. And Marco, I mean, <laughs> think, about, think about that for a minute. Marco was too conservative. Supported Charlie Crist. Some of us have, have a long memory and were involved in, 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 in those races in 2010. We have that same GOP leadership. Do you think any of this is going to change? No, of course it will not change. Nothing changes when it comes to these guys. And this leads me to the next thing, the presidential election. Trump, 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 Trump. But are you confident that anything has changed? So first of all, we predicted this. Okay, Steve and I were the first to predict this, that Trump stupidly embraced the vaccine, not just you know in 2020, but even after it was clear that it was unsafe and ineffective and, and basically a tool of population or depopulation and genocide, he still to this day takes credit for it. And we predicted that once we would reach critical mass of vaccine death and injury where they could no longer deny the reality, they would hang the blame around his neck. And lo and behold, you have the New York Times and Politico. Last week, Politico had the article, Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID-19 emergency use authorizations. So you have this House report from the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis that Trump pressured them to, uh, um, you know, bring forth the vaccine and approve it earlier. And again, it had nothing to do with Trump. This was pre-planned. It wasn't warp speed. It wasn't a rushed vaccine. They had it, the vaccine. I mean, Moderna was working on it since 2012 um, because this was all planned and everything. And Trump had no idea about that. I don't blame him for that. I blame him for stupidly, dogmatically continuing to support it so look he's gonna suffer for it and that's his problem which leads me to another thing um you know to this day the trump super PAC, america first i keep getting emails i don't know if you guys are as well sending out these emails uh promoting jared kushner's stupid new book it's like everywhere everywhere on the phony right they're promoting it i don't know why he's all these conservative talk shows are having him on. He literally single-handedly destroyed Trump's presidency. Both the campaign and the presidency. So, like, do you have confidence that Team Trump is going to govern differently? Jeffrey Tucker, who has been one of the really unsung heroes of fighting COVID fascism, he has an article on the, at the Brownstone Institute on how Kushner was responsible for the devastating disaster of the lockdowns, Fauci, Burks, that whole COVID regime. Now, again, and I know some people are going to say, well, you know, it looks like it could be in this, if he had a second term, Kushner might not be involved. But it's what that reflects. Other people will that reflect the same ideology. 
He writes, thanks to several journalistic accounts, we have a better idea of what went on in the White House before the dreadful March 16, 2020 press conference of Trump, Fauci, and Burks, in which the lockdowns were announced, along with that came a flyer with tiny print about which the ever-trusting Trump apparently knew nothing. It said bars, restaurants, food courts, gyms, and other indoor and outdoor venues where groups of people congregate should be closed. Let's not forget who foisted this upon us, folks. Now, first, our final sponsor today, Patriot Academy. Okay, folks, how many of you, be serious, be honest with yourself, how many of you know how to win a gunfight? How many of you know how to properly clear malfunctions? How to properly draw from a holster with the proper five-point technique, trigger discipline, line up the sights, don't jerk the trigger, get an accurate shot. Two, two shots to the chest, one to the head. Well, at Patriot Academy, and we've been doing this now for, what, like a, almost two years, um, we, we have a four-day class. The next one's going to be at the NRA Whittington Center in Northeast New Mexico, beautiful mountainous country, September 25th to 29th or October 2nd to 6th. These are two class options where you'll meet the best Patriots. Uh, Constitution courses at night led by America's Constitution coach, Rick Green, and then the best gun instructors, four days out at the range. Beautiful weather, by the way. Learning all of that proper draw, clearing malfunctions, techniques for winning a gunfight. It is so much fun. Um, go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel to find all the logistical details, the pricing. Um, it, it's a good idea to make a vacation out of it. If you've never been in that part of New Mexico, it's really beautiful country. It's it's truly a shame that the state's been taken over by leftists, but uh, you know, the people there in that county, Colfax County, are great. Um, but anyway, it will change your life. A lot of people I know don't feel comfortable carrying um, – carrying one round in the pipe. It's it's kind of funny, but but there's a lot of people like that I've met. You'll have the confidence to carry with confidence, um, and certainly, if need be, to draw within two seconds, get the shots on target. Um, the skill learning, the skill building is amazing. It's helped me train other people. And most of all, it's actually just fun. Shooting together with 70, 80, 100 other patriots from this audience elsewhere. So again, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel for more. Um, just wanted to read a little bit more from this article about who the, you know, who the culprits were. It's very important. This is what changed the world. This is what changed our lives. The, our relationship with government. It wasn't under Biden. Everyone knows about January 6, 2021. The date everyone should know is March 16, 2020. That occurred under Trump. We cannot say for sure, but Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, played an important role. He had enlisted two close friends from college to help, Nat Turner and Adam Bowler. Both were graduates from the Wharton School, like Trump. Jared somehow believed that they knew something about pandemics because they worked in healthcare delivery, so he called them. Bowler headed the $60 billion U.S. International Development Finance Corporation still does. One of those agencies that throws contracts and cash to big shots within the industry. As for Turner, he is a serial entrepreneur who got to start selling snakes from his parents' garage. <laughs> Truly, he founded an ad agency 
that he eventually sold to Google 10 years ago, Invite Media, for more than $70 million. So just a bunch of hustlers. It's now Google-owned. The book Nightmare Scenario explains what happened next. This occurred March 13th. Bowler and Turner burrowed into a room in the basement of the West Wing and started calling people who grasped both the scale of the crisis but also the politics. Over that weekend, they put together recommendations and then circulated them with Burks and Fauci. The guidelines were refined further before being presented to Trump in the Oval Office. They wanted to recommend shutting down in-person education at schools, closing indoor dining at restaurants and bars, canceling travel. Burks and Fauci saw the guidelines as a crucial pause that would buy them some time to better understand the pandemic. Shutting down flights was not enough, they said. More would have to be done. Bowler, Kushner, Burks, Fauci, and others, other aides presented Trump with the recommendation several days later, anxious over what he might say. Kushner had been preparing Trump for the possibility that they were going to need to take more draconian accounts. And then um, Tucker here quotes from Kushner himself in his new stupid book that everyone's pimping. On my way to the White House early the next morning, March 12th, my brother Josh, and by the way, he's a big leftist, called from New York City, described the worrisome signs. The city had canceled its annual St. Patty's Day parade. Thousands of people were self-quarantining. Millions more were leaving the city. When I told him that I, uh, that I was asked to jump into the response, he made a suggestion. You should call Adam. Okay? And... It, you know, it, it, it's really a riveting piece here. And you read it, I recommend it in full, you'll come away thinking, oh my gosh. How in the world could I be confident that Trump won't be punked into the next big thing they use? See, you, you have to understand, if Trump does win the presidency, and again, I don't even want to talk about that because, heck, that's, that's in two and a half freaking years from now. We'll be dead by then if we don't have a plan. But I'm saying, let's say, let's say somehow we would have a truncated timeline like in a parliamentary system and you could declare an election in a few months, presidential. Even then, you know that if he were to be president, that the masters of the universe would accelerate their chaos even more. They would accelerate it even more, as quickly as can be. They would induce all these global events, and the same players would get around Trump, if it's not Kushner this time, it'll be someone else, and punk him. But yet you turn to conservatives, and it's all Trump, 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 Trump. Midterms, midterms, and then Trump, Trump, Trump. What is your plan? And again, I don't even say this as someone who's disappointed in Trump, even if you had DeSantis as president. Again, A, we can't wait two and a half years, and B, one man is not going to drain the DOJ and HHS. You're not going to drain it. It's, it's over with. It's draining us. You have to avoid it. You have to move away from it. Speaking of DeSantis, just on Friday, he fired all of the Broward County school board officials. Right As, as we've seen before, the Florida governor more than most other states, has a lot of authority, even, even though there's elected local positions, prosecutor, sheriff, county board, uh, school board, he could fire them, and he's been doing that. He's been taking the liberties to use his constitutional authority and the state constitution to do that. We should be demanding every state and local official be like DeSantis, understand 
what time it is. Understand the tactics and strategies that need to be used. Understand the goals, where we need to be headed. Look out on the horizon. What is your goal on healthcare, on education, on state sovereignty, fiscal issues, social issues, trennyism, all this stuff? How do you want to rectify it? What are your political strategies, your electoral strategies? Find that lighthouse in the horizon. Steer your ship. Put a motor on. Get a rudder and go there. Stop aimlessly sailing around, drifting in the wind of the political waters and just enjoying politics as an end to itself. Like every elected Republican and most of these outside so-called conservative commentators, figures, or whatever. And that's why I need you guys to make this the top conservative show so people don't listen to nonsense. Again, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, you could follow us on Telegram. My channel is C19 Truth Bombs, but I cover a lot more than just COVID. Um, you know, I've been a little bit sparse this week. Again, you know, my vacation is coming to an end. I got to travel back, but we'll be full of swing by the end of the week again. But that's the question. Where is the plan on any issue that matters? Because if you watch carefully, everywhere you turn, behind an issue that is ensnaring us in this morass, Republicans are the culprit. So it's not just that they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan to get us out of it because they caused it. And to this day, they don't understand that. So this is something that we really, really need to focus on. We can't wait till the next stupid election. It's just not going to happen. We'll be dead by then. And by the way, I want to play this clip for you just so you understand this concept I'm telling you. That, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Trump's not going to do this. He's learned his lesson. You know, he, he, he knows this is stupid by now. Well, first of all, he's still praises lockdowns, and he still praises his um, the vaccines, and Kushner's book praises it, and all the top conservative talk shows are having him on. But listen to this surprising clip from Bill Gates demonstrating how much, how involved he is in our politics. It turns out this, you know, reconciliation bill that they wound up getting Joe Manchin on board, we all think, oh, Chuck Schumer twisted his arm. Chuck Schumer's a nobody. He probably wears the pens and can't even control his faculties. He's not really in charge. Listen to Bill Gates taking credit for flipping Joe Manchin on, uh, on, on this uh, you know, big green Build Back Better bill. And in maintaining that dialogue, uh, in, including in the last month where you know, people felt like, okay, we tried, we're done. It failed. And, you know, because it, I believed it was a unique opportunity, my trying to bridge the communication gap and encourage people to make one more effort, uh, you know, by because of the relationship we built up over time, you know, we were able to talk even at a time when he felt people weren't listening. Folks, you hear that. I mean, Again, this is the man, by the way, his, uh, um, I don't know if you saw this, someone had a clip circulating around the internet of someone calling it the Bill and, Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for Population Control. Literally, that was the original name of it. 
If you were trying to control the population, what different would you do? And this bill, which basically will shift us away from fossil fuels to green energy, is literally depopulation. Because what it will do is it will make food and fuel scarce. And what does that do? You got it. Well, food and fuel is scarce, so we need to make the demand as scarce to meet the level of supply. You know exactly what that means. More vaccines, which they have coming down the pipeline, and there is no effort from Republicans to address this. And this is why, again, I need you guys to go to Amazon or um, trialsandexecution.com. Trialsandexecution.com. Go there, then you could click order from Amazon, pre-order the book. Um, We just finished editing it, but the first chapter is out already via PDF for free. Make sure to download it. We're going to have a list of marching orders in every county, state, and federal level what needs to be done to restore bodily autonomy, medical freedom, make the Nuremberg Code great again. I don't know why I'm not hearing more of this. Like, I'm just going to let you into a little secret. I I just started it small, but I'm going to expand this. Um, I have a cadre of of terrific friends that are in state legislatures. And in, in each chamber, you'll have about, you know, 10 good guys. And I'm trying to get each of them in all the states controlled by Republicans to work together and introduce the same strategies and legislation. At the same time, they could help each other with legislative language um, because, you know, they don't get much help. They don't have much staff and work together. I'm, I'm a little nobody, there's no money. I just, you know, create a kind of a private chat and I put a number of them on together. And, you know, they're, it's great to get them to meet each other, do things together. Hey, no, here's what, what we're working on in this state. Here's what we're working on. Share it together. Why am I the only one thinking of things like this? Where is the plan? That's the question of the day. And as we're talking about having a plan, okay? The biggest plan we need that nobody is talking about is judicial supremacism, my old stopping ground that I can't get off of. And here's why. You see, even if we succeed in getting Republican legislatures and governors to actually do what they should be doing on the top five to ten issues, let's pick one of the big issues that we would want to deal with. Well, that's a man's a woman, kind of a big deal. Right. The grooming, the, um, you know, the grooming shows for kids, the castration of minors, the mandated bathroom stuff, all that stuff. Okay, obviously, the female sports and things like that. You know, it's not my top issue. I think the other issues are a bigger deal, but fine. All of that. Even if you succeed in getting the party to do that, guess what? The federal courts come in and say, whoops. There's actually a right to transgenderism. Now, I want to discuss some of these court cases that just occurred. And again, this this was actually August 16th, uh, right before I went away. But you know, I I, I missed it. Maybe I referenced it uh, very glancingly. I want to talk about it in the context of the time we live in to demonstrate how it is a one way street and a dead end in the courts. How d- anti discrimination law. Americans with Disability Act, it's all used against us, but never for us. We never benefit from it. And this is why states need to become autonomous. We need this national divorce because the federal courts are going to screw with everything we do. 
We've learned a lot of uncanny principles about human rights over the past two and a half years, right? We've learned that any private institution, including healthcare delivery, can force you to take affirmative actions against your body and even breathing holes. It's very important because a fundamental right, as we've always said, is freedom from. I, I have, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a right to something, a right to government making something available, but I certainly have a right of freedom from government doing something against my body. We've learned that the Americans with Disabilities Act doesn't seem to matter when denying rape victims the right to enter a doctor's office without a mask. We've learned that one could deny employment, public accommodation, and even life-saving care if they don't opt for Pfizer's crap. Human rights have all but disappeared. But now the courts have suddenly discovered them when it comes to castration. August 16th, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled, if you want to look it up, it's Williams v. Kincaid, that the ADA covers gender dysphoria in the context of the, the case was a male prisoner. You're, you're seeing a lot of this. Thought he was a female and wants to be housed with women. And you have all these rape stories happening, but that doesn't seem to matter. And the Fourth Circuit, which is a very lib- lib- liberal circuit, ruled that it's part of the ADA. That 1990, when they passed that, it was meant for this. Remember, we were asking for two years, where is the ADA? Where is it? That you could say, remember, we're not talking, but we're not saying we want accommodations. Remember, the ADA makes those accommodations. Businesses have to spend millions of dollars often with the bathrooms and the ramps and everything. And we're just saying, hey, look, don't tase me, bro. Don't mandate that I have to come in when I have trouble breathing with a mask or someone who has PTSD or anyone should have trouble breathing with something that covers your breathing holes. No, the ADA doesn't exist. But now they're saying you have an affirmative ADA right to go and demand access to Medicaid funding, for example, for balls cutting or breast cutting Um or hospitals must perform it. Now, I know this case was a prisoner case, but everyone, the, the ACLU and all these guys that are crowing about the ruling are making it very clear that this will apply to public accommodation, probably other areas of private life as well. Okay, not just government. And what's also insanely ironic is that the same people who believe that transgenderism is somehow a natural is somehow like natural, right? They're saying, Oh, it's like, like being born with blue eyes. It's not your fault. You're really a woman. But at the same time, they want to have it both ways and say, well, it turns out that you really have a disability. It's natural when it suits them, but it's a disability when it suits them as well. The court wrote, this is a 33-page opinion, being transgender is not a disability. But many transgender people experience gender dysphoria. So they try to see, cover the base and say, it's not a disability because they can't say it is. Then that's insulting to their cause, the idolatry. But then they said it is. A transgender person's medical needs are just as deserving of treatment and protection as anyone else's. So remember you could deny a dying person ivermectin, even when they say, look, we'll do it at our own risk, our own cost. You could block them from using it. You could block a kidney transplant for not getting a dangerous shot. 
but you can't withhold balls cutting. This is the court system. By the way, they also said that you have to read it into the ADA because if you don't, it would, quote, discriminate against transgender people as a class, implicating the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. You heard that the, the 19, not 19, 1866 Amendment had this in mind. We now live in a time when somehow you don't have a right to remain free from government-coerced medical intervention, but you do have a right to demand medical intervention that is tantamount to mutilation. Fundamental rights are contorted upside down, inside out. Now you might say, "Well, Daniel, that's uh, you know, that's the Fourth Circuit. That's a very, very liberal court, right?" Well, what about the Eighth Circuit, supposedly the most conservative? I don't even know if there's a Democrat appointee left on the Eighth Circuit. This is from the AP. Federal appeals court on. Thursday said Arkansas can enforce its ban on transgender children receiving gender-affirming medical care. Okay, so a state could ban you from opening a business. We said, Jacobson, Jacobson, oh my gosh, they could do anything they want. Public health concerns. They could shut your life, liberty, property, your mouth, your nose, literally. Drum you out of society. Get the shot, get the mask. You can't live normally. But suddenly when they just simply say, hey, a hospital can't cut people's balls off? No, that a state can't do. A three-judge panel of the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, the most conservative, by the way, affirmed a judge's, a district judge's ruling temporarily blocking the state from enforcing the 2021 law. Um, the full trial is scheduled for October in the district court. Arkansas was the first state to enact such a ban which prohibits doctors from providing, uh, yeah, they have all these euphemisms here, castration, the court ruled on Thursday because the minor's sex at birth determines whether or not the minor can receive certain types of medical care under the law. Act 626, that's the Arkansas law, discriminates on the basis of sex. And by the way, that that that's brought to you by um by what's his name uh, Gorsuch imbued that in the court. So I don't count on the Supreme Court helping us. This is disgusting. By the way, um, the governor, the jerk rhino Asa Hutchinson, actually vetoed the bill, but the legislature overrode his veto. So even when you succeed in getting a legislature and you get the governor, you, know, you, you override the governor, and you're in the most conservative circuit, you can't even affirm a man's a man, a woman's a woman, and say that a hospital can, a hospital can deny a kidney transplant, deny a ivermectin, but they can't deny castration to a minor you cannot live in a country like this we need divorce from the federal government you're not going to fix the federal government the federal government's going to track you down this is unreal and, and this is happening everywhere a federal judge in may blocked a similar law in alabama um they're going after the law in tennessee so this is, this is what it's at, folks. The point being, if we, if we don't affirm the fact that the federal courts do not have the final say, then we're screwed. But instead, conservatism is all about, oh, no, no, defend the courts. Defend the courts from the left delegitimizing them. No, let the left delegitimize the court for us. 
We will benefit from it. We will benefit from it. So again, where is the plan to deal with this? I I always tell you guys, the only reason we don't suffer this more often is because there aren't too many things, areas of law and policy, where conservatives do righteous things in the legislature and governors sign it. But if they actually did what we wanted them to do, every single one the federal courts would screw with, and and 80% of the time the Supreme Court would kind of let that stand. What is the solution to that? I've been giving the solution for a decade. This is going to increasingly be a big problem. I'm just warning you. And then, of course, there's the biggest issue no one wants to talk about, and that's health care. Health care. What do I mean by health care? Health care is everything. It's the right to live. The right to life. Now, again, I'm not trying to say that you have a right to a certain affirmative care like the left is saying with castration. But because of Medicare, Medicaid, the insurance system, all the regs, they they do have bad regulations. It has boxed out free market health care. So you literally don't have a right to life anymore. You don't have the ability to properly contract and seek health care in most circumstances. What are we going to do about that? And the culture of corruption. Remember, we're talking about from a legal standpoint, but from a cultural standpoint. It's also true that the same nurses that will treat ivermectin like poison and the shots, even now, when every country is experiencing record excess deaths perfectly coinciding with the take-up of, 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 of the vaccine, and yet they think the vaccine is, is something that you not only need, but it's worth denying someone treatment if they don't get it. These same people think it's okay to walk around covering your mouth. And hypoxia. So those same people have no problem with balls cutting. You know, a 15-year-old girl comes, comes in and says, I want my breasts removed. They're like, hey, sign me up. Steve Kirsch has a survey out that he sent to healthcare workers and they responded kind of reporting what they're seeing. And I'm just going to read to you Steve's findings. It's very similar to our book coming out again, still available at Amazon for pre-order rise of the fourth Reich confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial. So it never happens again. Here's a summary of what what Steve Kirsch um, found. One, they are afraid to come out publicly due to intimidation tactics such as loss of job or license to practice medicine. Two, unvaccinated healthcare workers are extremely upset with the medical community. They feel that they have been treated unfairly. Three, it is the vaccinated workers who are getting sick with COVID, but it is the unvaccinated who are punished with constant testing, restrictions, and threats of of losing their jobs. Four, The COVID shots are a disaster, even for the elderly, which is supposed to be the most compelling use case. Death rates in elderly homes went up a factor of five after the shots rolled out. Five, I have a patient who owns an adult care home that gave vaccination to their six adult clients. They all died within a week. Six, doctors are seeing rates of injury and death increase dramatically in all age groups. The injuries are only happening to the vaccinated. There is no doubt that this is happening, but many doctors have so much cognitive dissonance that they don't see it. 
Seven, one nurse with 23 years of experience says she's never heard of anyone under 20 dying from cardiac issues until the vaccines rolled out. Now she knows of around 30 examples. Then he quotes someone else. I've been a nurse for 36 years. I've never witnessed people in their 20s and 30s having strokes. Um, atrial uh, fibrillation or cardiomyopathies until the COVID vaccine. I work in cardiology. When I mention that someone should look at the vaccines as a possible reason, I'm immediately silenced and told it is not from the vaccine. Doctors aren't recording vaccination status in the medical records so that all the deaths are attributed to the unvaccinated. Doctors are deliberately ignoring the possibility that vaccines could be the cause of all the elevated events. Many doctors have either quit or will quit. Um, and yeah, I mean, he goes on and on. Medical examiners all over the world are not doing the proper tests during an autopsy to detect a vaccine-related death. We, we talked about that with Dr. Cole on Friday. Doctors are being forced to take other vaccines so the hospital can meet their quota. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. What is the conservative plan to deal with the number one issue to our life and the number one sector of the economy? It represents almost a, a fifth of our economy. It's completely the Fourth Reich. Which leads to my final point. What is the plan to deal with the Fourth Reich? And by the Fourth Reich, I mean this. The Fourth Industrial Revolution is the Fourth Reich. I, I, I want to play a clip for you. A clip of um, Klaus Schwab. And I want to know what you guys think of this. Because I, I was bothered by the fact that I, you know, the WEF has been around since when? I mean, it's, gosh, it was around, I think, 1979. But listen to the way Klaus Schwab explains what the purpose of his organization was and how it changed. Take a listen here. Let me just provide you with the context. Uh, when you look at the World Economic Forum, which was created in 1979, it was first created more or less as a convener of leaders to join for a dialogue at big conferences. But then we decided that um, it's not enough to have conferences. Actually, what we need is to integrate people on a continuous basis into communities. And for this reason, we became a membership organization. And we integrated many other communities, particularly in the scientific world. For example, I see here some of our tech pioneers into the interaction of the World Economic Forum. We finally became very active in terms of shaping global thinking and uh, we are at the origin of some basic concepts in the world. If I look what I'm particularly concerned about and preoccupied with uh, today, it is how little the world is unprepared for the fourth industrial revolution. So folks, notice what he's saying. That fairly recently, I don't know, I don't know recently, but I'm saying over time, is when they went from a, you know, just a chicken dinner type of place, 
held a bunch, bunch of conferences to integrating all their leaders into global governments. And when they talk about the fourth industrial revolution, folks, that is the fourth Reich. That is what we're talking about. Okay, the useless eaters, the food, the fuel, California now banning all gas-powered cars by next decade. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And the only way to stop the Fourth Reich is by using equal and opposing force. You know, I, a lot of people are saying, oh, I don't want to tell private businesses you can't violate human rights. And what we just talked about with these courts, you can't live in a world where you do have the ADA and it's applied to an insane degree for their purposes, but then not our purposes. We had this just just uh, yesterday when we took the kids to one of these loud, noisy kind of arcade type of places, laser tag, all this stuff, and they charge a fortune, and then they had that massive security there. I think it was maybe a bad neighborhood. And they literally take everything away from you down to the sippy cup of a toddler. They don't allow you to bring in water, anything, force you to buy their crazy stuff for a fortune, their crazy food. I see myself like people have celiac, people have major issues, and they have to bring food. And like, how do you deny someone a human right? How is that not a violation of the ADA? Again, you want to tell me private businesses could do whatever they want. They could say, in order to come in, you have to have sex with me. Okay, then, then, then fine, but then apply that evenly. But no, you have to spend millions of dollars accommodating the ADA. And now we're saying you have to accommodate transgender bathrooms. You have to accommodate castration if you're in healthcare. So you better believe we're going to apply that evenly. We're going to confront power with power. And in the coming months, I'm going to come out with a blueprint. I already have it for healthcare in our book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. Education, everything. We need a plan and most importantly, interposition. But today I just laid out a number of issues for you for which there is no answer on the right. But this show is all about answers. But first, you have to properly diagnose the problems. And again, that's why I need you guys. Everyone's asking, how, how could they help? How could you help? One way you could help is everyone you know who listens to, you know what I mean, like the legacy conservative talkers, get them off of it. Everyone who finds this show or Steve Dace's show, they all say, wow, I'm not going back to that. This is really where it's at. Um, we need to get that influence, that clout, uh, I'm working on it. I really do appreciate you guys indulging me the last number of days I've been out. And I'm sorry I am going to be out Tuesday, but Wednesday I'll be back in the saddle, full service. Again, you could follow me on Telegram at C19TruthBombs. Um, email me, DanielHorowitz at startmail.com. I am sorry I'm a little bit behind, so you might want to wait till a little bit later in the week. Send me your feedback. What do you think the plan should be? But very clearly... The people in power have no plan. The people with the biggest microphones have no idea, no clue. They don't care. You know why? Because frankly, most of them have been a part of the problem of why we are here to begin with. And they are never going to get you out of it because they caused it. But we never went along with it. 
So that's why we could come with a clear mind, you know, state interposition, fighting judicial supremacism. These ideas are what actually matters. We're going to focus on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. Folks, again, I'll be off tomorrow till Wednesday. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.